0: Listeners, as I write this, tax season is behind us and we're into earnings season. And pardon us, but there's some construction going out behind me, so it might be a little loud, kind of like the markets. It's Monday morning and we look to be in the midst of some margin calls, some forced selling in the markets. It looks like this is being caused by collateral damage done in the treasury bond market as the markets peaked Thursday morning, almost to the minute, as Federal Reserve Chairman Powell was interviewed and paid tribute to previous Fed Chairman, Paul Volcker's actions in the 1970s to stop high inflation. The market has proceeded to drop almost in a straight line from 45.10 to around 42.75, or almost 5.5% in less than 2.5 trading days. The stock buyback window for equities is almost entirely closed right now. This contributed to the heavy sell-off as companies are not in the market, bidding for their own stocks on weakness. However, buybacks should build in the coming weeks in May and June after companies report their earnings. The S&P 500 sits around 4275 4250 Overall, if you turn on the news, one gets the impression that the overall stock market should not be where it is. Many suggest it should be probably materially lower already despite overall earnings estimates rising on the S&P 500. We wanted to provide a little data dispelling that notion. Additionally, we add a little data for optimism for the rest of the second quarter, with an important disclosure that our team still expects overall the markets to remain choppy and sloppy and very messy through the third quarter of this year. We've detailed why numerous times since our early November of last year. Check out our previous YouTube videos if you're interested in more of that detail. Listeners, I'm Chris Paris with Oak Harvest Financial here in Houston, Texas, and welcome to our weekly Stock Talk podcast. Before we get on to this week's topic entitled Late Second Quarter Rally, that's the norm, please take a moment to click on the subscribe button and click on the notification bell so you'll be alerted when our team uploads new content. As we've previously discussed, in the first quarter of this year, the overall S&P 500 sustained its first intra-quarter correction, universally defined as a decline of -10 to -20% in price since the COVID lows in late March of 2020. The Nasdaq Composite Index fell within a whisker of its own bear market defined as a greater than minus 20% loss using market closing prices. This was the bad news. The good news is that had you not panicked at the worst time or on or near the lows, which also was when investor anxiety was the highest, and had you stayed put in your overall indexes or strategies that you designed with your financial advisor, you probably didn't blow up your long-term financial plan. Why? because those two indexes, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ composite, then violently rallied almost in a straight line into quarter end. The final tally on the S&P 500 for the first quarter was down about minus 5%. The NASDAQ composite first quarter declined about minus 10%. It was a first quarter that was a sloppy choppy mess led by large and violent sector rotations. While there is likely to be lots more indecision and emotion in the markets the next 4-6 to months, there are reasons to believe that a normal S&P 500 rally over the second half of the second quarter could be in the cards before once again succumbing to some overall market weakness in the third quarter. If you want to watch another strategist's version of the second quarter messaging, here's a link to a recent CNBC video detailed, Technician and Market Historian Larry Williams, Thoughts and Odds of the Possible Second Quarter Second Half Rally. For what it's worth, Mr. Williams was the first of very few commentators to call the COVID lows precisely and accurately in late March of 2020. He's also the first to lay out the market's path back to new all-time highs. He's been doing this for decades, he's got a great track record, and our team listens to his market commentary because he rarely makes new forecasts. In other words, when Larry talks, it's paid to listen. Listeners remember though, no forecast or strategist is perfect, and past performance is no guarantee of future in the stock market. Many strategists on TV argue or state that the markets can't rise when the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates or moving forward on QT, which is short for quantitative tightening or the actions of the Fed shrinking its balance sheet. This of course is factually and historically incorrect. You can go to the Federal Reserve St. Louis website and graph the historical relationship yourself but we are doing that for you. This is a chart showing the historical relationship between the S&P 500 and the Fed's balance sheet. As one can see, post the early 2018 Trump tax cut passage, in the first quarter of 2018, the Federal Reserve was both raising interest rates and beginning to net shrink their balance sheet. The stock markets initially sold off hard in the first quarter of 2018, much as they have this year. However, the S&P 500 then proceeded to slowly recover and lurch and grind its way higher to make marginal new all-time highs into the summer of 2018. Of course, the markets then once again succumbed to the Federal Reserve hawkish monetary policy actions in commentary in the fourth quarter of 2018 and declined into Christmas Eve in late December. A second argument one might hear about is that investor sentiment is horrible. We've discussed this one in the past. Investor sentiment is best viewed as a contrary, not confirming indicator in the overall stock markets. Two weeks ago, AAII bullish sentiment hit its lowest level since 1992. This is a 30-year low. Here's the chart. As one can see from the next table, the three-month forward return of the S&P 500 has been positive, 11 out of 14 time periods when investors have been this negative emotionally. Moreover, since the great financial crisis ended in 2009, the three-month forward returns has ranged from positive Thirty-seven and a half percent to positive about six percent. Taking the low end at a six percent return would yield a second quarter rally and peak back around forty-six hundred plus. Taking the average would push that number well above forty-seven hundred on the S and P five hundred. A third data series arguing for a late second quarter rally is that we are in a U.S. presidential cycle midterm election year, as first previewed last November. Midterm years have historically coincided with higher stock market volatility and market corrections. The average midterm correction this cycle since 2009 has been just short of 14.5%. We dropped roughly 13.5% on the S&P 500 in the first quarter, and as of Friday's close, the S&P 500 sits down around minus 11%. Data from Merrill Lynch has the average move from the market's low through year-end over the last 21 midterm years being roughly positive. 17.5%. 17.5%. Such a return would place the S&P 500 at new all-time highs into the year end. Finally, the fourth and final data series I will mention is one we track in real time. What's that? That's forward stock volatility. That's the cost of insuring your portfolio in future months. That math says that a rally higher, call it approaching 4650-4700 into late June, early July, which would amount to between 7.5% and 10% as of this writing, requires spot market volatility to reach 20 sometime out in June. That's where volatility was sitting two weeks ago, in the midst of early quarter Federal Reserve hawkish talk, in the midst of Russia continuing to bomb Ukraine, in the midst of early season earnings disappointments by the likes of JP Morgan and Netflix, and as long term interest rates were rising to close to 3%. All of these events took place while companies were locked out of the market from buying back their own shares. A lurch and grind higher in the overall stock market would not be unprecedented over the next two months. Far from it, it would be quite normal by historical standards and the data we follow, even during times of Federal Reserve tightening cycles. It would be one of those climb the wall of worry moves higher that one has come to expect since the Great Recession ended in 2009, that bears hate and few expect. We continue to expect more volatility in the upcoming second and third quarters, around which we are likely to make moves around the edges when we find value in single stocks or sectors. Our work continues to show us in a corrective period in the markets in both price and time. We continue to believe that this period should end later in the third quarter, and then the overall markets should resume its ongoing bull market in the fourth quarter of 2022 through the first half of 2023. At Oak Harvest, we think our clients are best served by us helping them plan for their future needs and risks instead of focusing on the past. Our crystal ball is far from perfect, nor is anyone's, which is why our advisors and retirement planning teams plan for your retirement needs first and your greed second. Give us a call here to speak to an advisor and let us help you craft a financial plan that meets your retirement goals. Call us here at 877 896 40 We're here to help you on your financial journey into and through your retirement years. For myself and the whole team here at Oak Harvest, have a great weekend.
1: All content contained within Oak Harvest podcast expresses the views of the speaker and is for informational purposes only. It is based on information believed to be reliable when created, but any cited data, indicators, statistics, or other sources are not guaranteed. The views and opinions expressed herein may change without notice. Strategies and ideas discussed may not be right for you, and nothing in this podcast should be considered as personalized investment, tax or legal advice, or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Indexes such as the S&P 500 are not available for direct investment, and your investment results may differ when compared to an index. Specific portfolio actions or strategies discussed will not apply to all client portfolios. Investing involves the risk of loss and past performance is not indicative of future results.